Welcome to Category Is. I'm Maurice. And I'm Justin. And welcome to episode 20. Is this 20? Yeah. I thought it was 21. No. Okay, it's, it's 20. 20. Okay. Yeah. We're no longer teenagers. No. <laughs> Almost at, you know, drinking age. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? And that'll be perfect because yeah. we'll be back to drinking. Yeah. Next, next week. Because <laughs> it's February. Yes. And no drink January. No drink will January. Oh, gone. And it's time for Fucked Up February. That's going to be the new hashtag. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. fucked up February? Yeah. Okay. Cute, cute, cute. Yes, well, yes, yes. how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Um, so my boyfriend's niece was in town. Uh-huh. So spent the weekend being like tour guide and showing her around the city because she's never been. So, you know, it was a lot of like the Liberty Bell, Independence Hall, Old City. and Was it open? It was. <laughs> but on Sunday, you know, everything was open again. So... Okay. We actually got into to see the Liberty Bell, and so the security guard was like, "Take off your jacket." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the guy in front of me was like, "Well, I'm glad to see you're working again." Ooh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that was a little bit shady, but did y'all go have cheesesteaks? No, we did not. Damn. Yeah. You're not that good of a tour guide. What's I mean, going on? I can't eat them, so... <laughs> it's not about you. Well, that's true. It's about the tour-y, the tourist. Yeah, it's about the tourist, but, I mean, maybe Fun. next time. Maybe next time. Yeah, how was your weekend? My weekend was pretty chill. Mm-hmm. Um, ran some errands. Just kind of relaxed. It was nice. Okay. Um Yeah, did some cooking. Went home. Had mm-hmm. uh, brunch... With my mom at a oh, diner, so yeah. an appropriate, <laughs> an appropriate right. occasion to go to the to diner. Go, yeah, I went over to my sister's house and hung out with my nephew and just kind of mm-hmm. chit chat and caught up. Okay, to the grocery store, okay. took some meals. I watched Rent, a live production on. It Fox. was not live. Well, well, well. Let's get in, <laughs> let, let me break it down. Let's get into okay. it. Okay. So I'm sitting on the couch watching, uh-huh. and in the first scene. A say previously recorded. Okay. And I'm like, what in the hell? Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be live. It was supposed to be, yeah. Usually around the holidays, they, each of the networks puts on a live production of mm-hmm. some Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like my musicals. Mm-hmm. And Rent isn't, you know, I like Rent, right. but Rent is a little heavy. It's very heavy, yeah. You know, if listeners, if you don't know Rent, basically, I think it deals with, you know, people who are living in the, like, this bohemian culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, village and they're not paying rent and it's like an alphabet city in New York mm-hmm. in the 80s yeah. during the height of like the HIV AIDS crisis. crisis yeah so I mean it was good mm-hmm. for what it was but so okay back to the point they say previously recorded and I'm like what the hell yeah so then after the first um you know song mm-hmm. they're like oh the guy who plays Roger mm-hmm. who's like the rock musician broke his foot yeah the night before or his ankle in the pre-recorded dress rehearsal right so i guess what they decided to do it was so disjointed Mm -hmm. and it was so hard to watch i just fell asleep it was also way past my bedtime (laughs) but in all the scenes where he was in they played the Uh pre-recorded uh dress rehearsal yeah yeah and in all the scenes that he was not in I guess they then they played live. they they played the live stuff, oh, but it was so disjointed. Yeah, I'm sure. You and tell. also, you know, these performers when you do a dress rehearsal, you're not singing full out, mm-hmm. you're not dancing full out. Yeah, you're kind of just making sure you're hitting your marks. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're half out. You're not, going through the motions, right? Yeah. 
but you're not giving a full performance. Yeah. The vocals were messy. Mm. And, you know, it was just, it sucked because it was mm-hmm. not the production I think that the cast or the crew or anyone deserved. Mm-hmm. What they should have done. They should have just gotten the understudy. Right. That was my thing. Yeah. I was like, Broadway has understudies. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're going to do a live production, anything can go wrong at yeah. any moment. Yeah. You need an understudy. Yeah. But I think because these people, these actors were billed. Mm-hmm. That's what it as was. Being like yeah, they did all the press. and they The did one all, and all yeah. the press and they want to get all the credit for mm-hmm. it and they want to be able to use it in their, you know, portfolio mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. They don't have an understudy when they do these, but that's why you need an understudy. Yeah. Because it was just horrible to watch. But then what I saw on social media was that while people at home were watching the pre-recorded dress rehearsal, mm-hmm. the people at the studio were actually watching it live and dude was like in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he had his little his little cast on his foot. And I'm wow. like, well, he ain't that much pain. Yeah. But they said it was amazing. Really? Live in the studio. Okay. Well, should have just done They should have just recorded that. Yeah. But they were like, oh, the cameraman didn't know how to adjust. And, you know, they couldn't do the choreography. But I heard it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was really impressed with Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, really? Talented. Okay. High School and, Musical. Yeah, but she was really good. Like, she sung well. Uh-huh. And even one of her parts was pre-recorded. But she was just, like, going full out. And mm-hmm. it was like the best part of the show okay. when Maureen her character does mm-hmm. like the um, her little protest art installation piece mm-hmm. and then who I was also really surprised by well, this guy who plays Mark's character Jordan Fisher the he's, guy from um, he was on Dancing with the Stars really? I think so yeah. well, what was he a star of? wasn't he in Hamilton? he's like the young biracial boy He's really cute. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he won cute. Dancing with the Stars. Oh, really? Yeah. I had no idea. Well, he was super cute, and I I danced with him. And then, you know who else was really good? <laughs> what? Who? Tinashe. Tinashe. Tanisha. Tanashe. Tanisha. 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 Tanashe. Tanisha. Uh, you know what? She was really good. Whatever her poor name she is. She was on Dancing with the Stars too, but mm-mm. really, yeah, no. She was good on Rent Live, though. I mean, oh. she was. She's a dancer. Who just so happens to sing. Does she Ala, sing though? She, she's not the best singer. Okay. I, I put her in the J-Lo category. She's Aww. a dancer who can happen to sing. Mm-mm. And when I say sing, I mean like carry a note. But I think she can actually sing a little bit better than J-Lo. Not from what I've seen. Well, I mean, J-Lo ain't setting the bar that high now. <laughs> but I, I just, watching That's her, she, she is a performer. And I was mesmerized and I thought she did a good job. And I just wonder, like, how come she's not a bigger star? Because she cannot sing. Rihanna can't sing or That's dance. True, yeah. At least Tina Shea can but dance. Rihanna has something. Tanisha ain't got it. You know, we want to stop calling her Tanisha. Her name, that's how you <laughs> pronounce it, right? No, I think it's Tina Shea. Mm, well, she Tanisha to me. But anyway, the show machine. must go on. Yes. But you know, my favorite live musical was when they did The Wiz. The Wiz was good. Yeah. <laughs> and Amber well, Riley carried it. Yeah. I did not like the Dorothy character. I think her name was Shanice somebody. Oh, that black girl. That yeah. That young girl. Yeah. She wasn't too good. She wasn't too good. But then. she remi- and Now that you say her, uh-huh. the girl Shanice that played Dorothy uh-huh. reminded me of the girl who played um, in that movie I just saw last week that I was talking about. Oh my gosh. If Beale Street could talk. Okay. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. 
But The Wiz was good because Queen Latifah was in it. Mary J. Blige was surprisingly good. She was, she was the mm-hmm. Wicked Witch, right? Yep. Yeah, so she was surprisingly good. And then my favorite part was when they got to Oz and Oz was the gay club. Uh-huh. And they were voguing. Yes. I mean, but that's what it is in the walking movie. and everything. It was hilarious. Yes. Yeah. yeah like, um, got my life. Yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was, that was probably one of the best ones. Yeah, yeah. I know. I hope they do Dream Girls one day. Oh, I don't think they will because Why? of the because it has so much success like as a film. But I don't so think they'll bring it to TV. Maybe in like twenty years. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. All right, child. Well, what you drinking this week? So tonight, this is our last dr- no drink January drink, and so it's a honey orange ginger ale. And so what we have in this? You called it something cuter than that, though. Yeah, I did. Okay. So what we have here is an orange you glad. <laughs> That's yes. what we're going to call it. Aren't so aren't you glad to see me? Aren't you glad I'm walking away? What? Aren't you glad I'm out of your life? I feel like the orange you glad is like a, a, a entendre. It know. is. I don't know what it's in. But uh, so this one is for <laughs> aren't you glad it's our last no drink January yes. of the year. And so in it, we have some orange juice, a ginger, simple syrup, which you just take fresh ginger and you steep it in um, water and equal parts water and sugar and let that boil a little bit and then let it steep some orange blossom honey and then some club soda for fizz. Where does one buy orange blossom honey? Uh, the grocery store. Is that the same? Yeah, you just read the, just look at the label and okay. it'll tell you like what kind of flower that is from. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay, excuse me. You, you know, fancy and shit. Mm. Yeah, you know, I shop at Whole Foods. Mm, you know, I shop at Aldi. Bitch, <laughs> 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 you opposite sides of the spectrum. Right. I'd just be happy if Aldi got honey. Okay. Right. That's not expired. <laughs> Don't do that. They sell organics. Their food be really good mm-hmm. and high quality. It's mm-hmm. the same company as Trader Joe's. No, it's not. It is. It's their brothers. The parent, parent company. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. I'd be making whole meals out of Audi. People would never know because I know how to cook. I would know. Because mm. I don't shop there. But anyway. Whatever. <laughs> so, child, let's All get right. into <laughs> categories for the week. It's a lot of categories. Is it? Kind of, sort of. Yeah. We can run through them real quick. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So, let's go. First category is Screen Actors Guild Awards. Did you see it? No, I was watching Rent. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I wasn't watching any of those. Um, so, the Screen Actors Guild was kind of a bore. Um, it always is. Yeah. Big winners. Well, first, fashions. Everybody looked a mess. Lapita looked a mess. Angela Bassett looked a mess. She did too. She had like them doilies or like napkins. Somebody went crazy making her dress. Mm-hmm. She looked like she was a cast member from The Wiz. She did actually. <laughs> I was trying to figure out like what where have I seen this outfit before? But it looked like The Wiz. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. But yeah, she looked a mess. Lupita looked a hot mess. I did not like Yara Shahidi. I love Yara Shahidi from She's so gorgeous from um, Blackish mm-hmm. and Cronish is yeah. her show. Um, but she did like a jumpsuit with like a lace kind of overlay. Okay. I didn't like it because I don't like when women wear pants to like award shows. I see, and I love when women wear pants. I don't. Like, it's like dresses with pockets. Like, it doesn't make sense. And I love gowns with pockets. No. <laughs> I hate them. Because my thing is like, if you wear pants to like an award show or like a gown with pockets, it's the equivalent of wearing like 
Converse on your wedding day. Like disagree. It's oh, it's, I just feel so comfortable. But I think a woman looks sexiest in a blazer with like a really nice bra or no bra. <laughs> right. Like I think in a nice like cigarette pant or tuxedo pant. Like it's something uh, so sexy about women in menswear that it has a certain uh, elegance. And not to confidence. me. Not to I me. love it. I hate it. I love it. I hated it. Um, but yeah, it's just like, oh, I just want to be comfortable, but this is not the time to be comfortable. Do it's you know not. what it's like carrying around all that hot ass tool? Thankfully, I do not. See? But that's what they sign up for. That's not true. They know they got to show up at this. They can challenge norms. Like um, Lady Gaga with that duvet cover. Well, that just looked hot and wrinkly. Yeah, yeah and a mess. Yeah, she but... looked a mess too. She had on like this um, like ace bandage, like gauze kind of dress. Oh. It had like all these frayed edges and stuff. It just was not cute. I'm just over her. Yeah. Well, she didn't win anything, so. She didn't? Yeah. Black Panther won a lot, right? Yeah, they won like best um, stunt movie and then best um, but, like, ensemble best cast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a film. Yeah. So, like, yeah. now, like, I think it's like some kind of a formula. If you win a certain number of like the SAGs, mm-hmm. the Critics' Choice, the. Um, what is it, the other ones? There's like four the Golden Globes, Golden Globes, yeah, stuff like BAFTA, that. Yeah. BAFTAs, and then uh-huh. it, it kind of leads you leads you up to getting an Oscar. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, the only thing is that with, like you said, so Regina King didn't get nominated for a SAG award, but she won a Golden Globe and she won a Critics Choice Award too, I believe. Right. So, and she just got an Oscar nomination. So they're thinking that she's going to shake up the race for um, for a Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Okay. Yeah. Hey. So we looking for Brenda two two seven. Hey Virginia Kang. But yeah, I don't really watch award shows anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will watch the Oscars because that's a big one. Um, but I won't even watch that all the way. Okay, I watch the red carpet. Award shows are just becoming so outdated they and antiquated. Are. Yeah, it's something so boring about watching like all these people in this industry get together mm-hmm. and be self congratulatory. Pretty much. It's yeah. Like, Ooh, we're so fabulous. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let's just award ourselves, and it's just long and it's drawn out. It's for them. It's not for outsiders. That's true. I know? agree. Yeah. Like, if I were an actor, I'd be getting my life. But it's just, it was like, who wants to spend four hours watching people be self-congratulatory? Hmm. What well, At least with the Grammys, you get bomb performances. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the Grammys allows other people to join in That's in the true. Fun. That's true. Yeah. You know? But- like at the at the freaking Oscars, they only sing the movies from the, the songs from the movies. Yeah. So, so yes, Joe. So moving on Mm -hmm. from one award show to another kind of award show. Really? Baby showers. (laughs) People basically treat baby showers like an award show. Listen Mm -hmm. to my logic. Okay. Listen to my logic. I'm waiting for it. People, people these days act like having a baby is an accomplishment. They do, and they at at the baby shower, Mm -hmm. they wear their gowns. It is a festive event mm-hmm. where everyone comes to celebrate them. Yeah. It's self-congratulatory. True. You see, you, yeah. are you on my way? Okay, I can see it now. I see it. And it's people treat baby showers like you did something. Well, you wouldn't even push the baby out yet. <laughs> right. Let alone raise it. Yeah, yeah. What you did was not out of the ordinary. Wasn't even. Happens every day. Happens every day. It's kind yeah. of normal. Yeah. You know, it's you did nothing special. Okay, okay. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's like less than an award show. Yeah. Where people be like, yes, give me my flowers. Give me my, you know, they just want to feel mm-hmm. themselves. And that's good and that's fine. I get it. Like, you know, you want to be around your family mm-hmm. and loved ones. Um, 
or your employees. <laughs> Pretty much. And in this case, we're talking about Mr. Bravo himself, mm, Andy canceled, Cohen. Canceled. Canceled. Oh, gosh. Canceled. Well, I, you see he had his baby shower. It was in Beverly Hills. I don't know where it was. It was in Los Angeles. But I have all kinds of concerns about this. Well, let me just tell the people what happened. Okay. So Andy Cohen basically had like the biggest... Um, Fusion, or what's it called when you come together? Like when you bring all the different franchises together. Fusion. Fusion mm-hmm. of ever. I mean, literally, he had New York, mm-hmm. New Jersey, yeah. Potomac, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, Orange County. Yeah. I think he even had a few of them Dallas bitches because Probably. I don't even know I what they look the, like. Yeah. And I, I, there was Atlanta girls there too. Oh, Atlanta, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might have even had the Miami girls. <laughs> Well, no, they had like a half a season. Yeah. But, um, you know, he had this huge baby shower with all these women. And I think, you know, if you don't know now, you know, he's adopting a child. I thought he's having a surrogate. He's having a child. Okay. <laughs> the stork's going to drop the baby off at his door. Pretty much. Child. And he had a baby shower for the uh-huh. baby. So my first thing was like, all right, you know. I thought about having my own children. Mm-hmm. Like, would I have a baby shower? Maybe, but it wouldn't be on that kind of a scale. Yeah. I'm not Andy Cohen, but it wow. also just seems like too much. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, to me, I mean, he is having a child, but to me, a baby shower is a woman's event. Right. Yeah. In the South, men don't go to baby showers. Right. Up yeah. here, I don't understand why men go to baby showers mm-hmm. either. I mm-hmm. feel like that's a time for women to get together and talk about you know, the birthing process, yeah. the placenta, mm-hmm. breastfeeding, nipples chapping, yeah. chafing, very intimate things yeah. with the childbearing process. Mm-hmm. And I think that women need to be provided that safe space mm-hmm. to do that. In. Right. So if it ends in the shower, I just feel like men should not be there. Yeah. Bridal shower, yeah. baby shower. Yeah. But you know, up in, in the North, well, you know, they be, all the men come in their Burberry mm-hmm. shirt. <laughs> And they just be standing there looking hella bored. Right. And it's like, why? Just let the women have their thing. Uh-huh. But um, I get this was like, you know. But my thing is, like, these weren't even, like, his friends. I guess it was his work baby shower. Right. It was okay. his work baby okay. shower. Okay. So Lisa Vanderpump wasn't there. She was not. Shade. She was opening up her new uh, cocktail lounge in Los, Las okay. Vegas. Oh, okay. But I'm just like, Las Vegas is smooth, an hour flight like, from yeah, LA. It's very and you, quick. You, are, you have lots of money. Mm-hmm. You, you're the richest of all the housewives. Yeah. You could have copped a private jet. She didn't want to. Kenya Moore was not in attendance mm-hmm. because her daughter, what's her name? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Uh, turned three months on oh, Sunday. Yeah, so cute. But Andy did send her a Snoopy doll. He did. He did. Okay. Good. Well, you know the tease that they're co- she's coming back. Yeah, I I assume she was because I hear the ratings are really bad. Honestly, I haven't. And watched it's really movies. boring. It's so boring. Eh, Snooze. Well, um, Shamari wasn't there. Who's that? Right. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Eva was well, there. Yeah, Eva was there. Phaedra was there. Even Phaedra? I thought I saw Phaedra in one of them pictures. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was there. She was there. Yeah. Marlo was there. Marlo was there in like red with like mm-hmm. a blonde wig. Blonde. Yeah, you know they call it blonde. Blonde. Yeah. A mess. So, did you see Lisa Renna dancing on the tables? That's what I was going to say because oh, the only, I saw like one like huge picture with all of them like kind of posed and then the next thing I saw were like all these memes Mm-hmm. on Instagram and they all had captions like so we're people doing coke at your party at your baby shower Ooh. and I was like oh, 
girl. I didn't know like Andy's cocaine of like habit was. Don't do that. I didn't know Find- Andy's alleged cocaine habit was like common knowledge like that. Look. I think that if you watch the Beverly Hills franchise like mm-hmm. I do, they all allege to do some drugs. Wow. I mean, Lisa Renna makes fun of her own self because she walks around with a huge bag of pills. Wow. And, um, you know, um, Kyle's sister, who was the one? She was on the Partridge family. I don't, the blonde one. She had, she had her whole drug history. Yeah. Them LA girls yeah. do the drugs. Yeah. And the way Lisa Renna was oh, <laughs> dancing on was that like, table. It was like, how many bumps did she did do? She do. She okay. was lit. Yeah. Woo, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and call DSS right now. Social services. Y'all need to keep a watch on Andy Cohen House. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, then, then Beverly Hills Housewives turned up like a whole nother way. Yeah. Only one I really fuck with from Beverly Hills is um Erica Jane. That's true. Was she there? I didn't see she her. She was. She was? Okay. Erica Jane's my girl. Okay. Erica Jane's that chick. Uh-huh. Honestly, if my dream franchise. They really need to do a remix. <laughs> Honestly, I think they were going to do that one. Too. They really should, but yeah. they should do it like on like an island. Yeah, or it was going to be like a... Or yeah. have like the girls travel like uh-huh. um, like uh, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie back in the day or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they should have Nene, Erica Jane, Bethany Frankel, mm-hmm. Kenya Moore. I don't know. Oh, okay. Teresa. It would just be fun. Yeah. So my next question is, Andy as a father? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm because not going to question nobody's fathering abilities. Well, I mean... Half these people out here whose fathers, I don't know. Okay. Well, okay. But, I mean, I don't think that... I don't think it's a good look for him. Because it's like, one, what are you doing this for? You're over 50. You know, I guess you do want to have this kid. But, like, people making memes of you doing cocaine at your baby shower. I like seen these memes. You go on Instagram. You either going <laughs> to... Be mixing up that cocaine with like Similac. Similac. <laughs> Don't do or that. Or you doing lines of baby powder? Like, All no. this is alleged. Right, but I mean, I just don't. It's just not a good look. We kid, we kid. Yeah. I don't know. I think that you know. I don't think it's a problem with him being a 50-year-old father. Men out here doing it all <laughs> okay. the time. It's his choice. He has the money. He has the, the money. Supported. I don't have no judgments. I do, and I just want the people to watch out for this kid whenever Child. it comes. I was also concerned because, you know, he's a Jew. Mazel yeah. Mazel. Yeah. And I know some of my Jewish friends, they don't have baby showers until, until after, after the baby comes. Yeah, yeah, that's a very Jewish thing. So when he, I saw that he was having one, I was like, oh, wait. I thought... I was like, oh, the baby must be here. Yeah, but then ain't no baby yet. So I'm mm. just like, mm. Well, moving on Good from luck. <laughs> baby showers to footballs. What? That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't sense. make sense? No. Okay, let me do that again. Okay. Moving on from baby showers to Super Bowls. Okay. See, I feel like if it ends in shower, uh-huh. it's for women. If it ends in bowl, bowl, it's for men. Okay, so from baby bowl to Super Bowl. Like that? No? I guess. Okay. Maybe. All right, okay. That was cute. Uh-huh. Good effort. <laughs> yes. From baby bowl to Super Bowl. Yes. This year, 2019, we are challenging norms we are breaking down the the binary and we are finally allowing Mm -hmm. men to cheer at the super bowl (laughs) yes (laughs) right so for you guys who don't know there's um the la rams not the la chargers like justice said last week listen (laughs) you know and i should know with ram because that's my i'm a aries you are 
So yeah, that's my zodiac. Okay, they gonna win. Well, you sure about that? I'm just putting don't it out ba- there. <laughs> don't I'm be just, making no bets. I'm just putting it out there in okay. the atmosphere. Don't be making no bets. So the LA Rams, they have the first male cheerleaders who will be cheering in the Super Bowl. So earlier this season, there was kind of like, I guess, a historic movement, I would say, that the NFL allowed male cheerleaders. There's two guys from the Rams. Their names are Quentin Perron and Napoleon Jennings. Yes. And so, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but is it Quentin and Napoleon? Yes, them two. So they, along with a guy who actually cheers for the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. So the three of them were the first male cheerleaders slash dancers for NFL teams. That's what's up. Yeah, that is good. That's fine. And so, I mean, I guess it's appropriate because the the Super Bowl is in Atlanta this year. Ooh, don't do that. So. <laughs> don't see, see how you always gotta take it just a little too far. I mean, what? It'll be. I think. It, I think it's great. I think that they're living their full on bring it on fantasy Get moment. Their life, yes. You know, because I always like the male cheerleaders in the Bring It On. I think it, mm-hmm. they're going to get their life. They're going to offer us entertainment, high yeah. kicks, <laughs> pom-poms. I wonder if they'll get new outfits because, like, they have these long sleeve, yeah, like, they are covered these long pants. Yeah. So they just sexist. look uncomfortable. It looks very uncomfortable. But even in, like, high school, they have at least short sleeve right. shirts. Right. It ain't that cold. Right. How are you supposed to move? In L.A. Right. You know, and I'm all for the objectification of men. Right. You know? Put on your Daisy Dukes. Basically. Like the women out there and next to nothing. Why can't next the men to be nothing. out there? Basically a pasty and, some, and, a, and a pom-pom. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they will get some new uniforms, but that locker room finna be popping. A mess. <laughs> you so messy. I know. But then, so like, if you had a son, would you let him do cheerleading? Hmm, good question. Yeah. Yeah? I think so, yeah. Some hesitation. Because you know what? I, 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 no. I had hesitation because mm-hmm. I think that my fear or my reluctance to have him participate in that sport mm-hmm. would be due to the ridicule and the teasing that he would be subjected to from mean ass kids. Well, however, kids right. However, I would help to mitigate that mm-hmm. or manage that. Or navigate that with my child. Okay. If that was something that they were really interested in. I believe, you know, expose your children to as much things mm-hmm. as possible. And see where they naturally gravitate. Where their gifts lie. Right. And then help to nurture and cultivate that. Yeah. Because you'll see where they're really, where, what they're really passionate about. And okay. what sparks a fire in them. So if my child really wanted to do treatment, mm-hmm. absolutely sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're like really fit though. Yeah. And honestly, so I respect the athleticism of it. Exactly. Like, my thing is, is... You could do gymnastics. Mm-hmm. I did gymnastics. Really? You're kind of yeah. tall for that. Well, I was young. Uh-oh. So it, my older brother did karate. And so I was just like a little too young to do um, karate. Mm-hmm. And so since my mom was already taking my brother, you know, to the karate facility, right. the gymnastics facility was like right next door. Mm-hmm. And so since I was of age to do gymnastics. He was on the balance beam. Oh, uh, they don't do balance beam for men. I know you a lady. <laughs> Rude. Uh, uneven bars. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah. So, and then also she thought karate was like a little too violent for me. Right. And so <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I was doing the gymnastics class and I was pretty good, like for my age. But then. Was it rhythmic or like 
Real gymnastics. Like real gymnastics. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but then um, I was pretty good, and I guess the kids could not stand that. Oh. And so, and I was the only black kid in the class, too. Uh-huh. And so, you know, my mom thought karate was too violent for me, but then the kids in gymnastics, like, pushed me off the pommel horse and, like, beat me up. <laughs> They like jumped me mm-hmm. in the uh, gymnastics studio. The gymnastics kids is hardcore. Yeah, though. yeah, and so she pulled me out of gymnastics. Oh. So yeah, no, I, did I couldn't karate. live my Olympic dream. I did karate as yeah. a kid because I don't know. I was like bouncing off the walls as a kid. Yeah, you too. And I think like, they thought that like karate would center me. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. It worked a little bit actually. <laughs> don't do that. I need to re-enroll. <laughs> oh, stop! I almost got the black belt. Oh. Don't play me now. Okay. But it, I just didn't like all that barefoot action. It was like, because oh, okay. kind of rough. Ooh, don't do that. <laughs> Mr. I have to baby foot my feet for two hours, okay? I do. I like them extra soft. Extra soft, my mm-hmm. ass. So just, you have to just do all that extra work to get them there. A mess. Speaking of extra soft, that takes us to our next category. What is that? <laughs> Michael Jackson. Don't do that. What? I feel like I say don't do that. You do. All the time. A lot. Don't do that. You're trying to silence me. I'm trying to silence you. You just be... Speaking out the side of your neck, mm. you be out of pocket. My bad. Don't do that. Documentary realness. Pretty much. Is the category, <laughs> you know? Uh, so there's this new documentary that's playing at Sundance. Oh my God, I would love to be at Sundance. Yeah. I think that is like one of my ultimate trips. Okay. Just because, you know, I love winter weather. Yeah, yeah. I like winter cold destinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, for vacation, I mean, I prefer a warm destination. Yeah, but well, it depends the time of year. I'm not opposed to mm-hmm. putting on my parka and a snow boot. Okay, and being up in the cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would just love to go to like Park City, Utah. Okay, and ski all day, and then go see and films go all night, the, yeah. and go to fabulous parties. Yeah, by the fire. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's 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 very my my. Uh, my zhuzh. Okay. That's my I can thing. see that. Yeah, I can see that. So, um, so Sundance is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And there's this documentary that's mm-hmm. playing at Sundance called Leaving yeah. Neverland. Yeah. And it's basically about two guys who have accused Michael Jackson of inappropriate behaviors with minors at the Neverland Ranch. Mm-hmm. So, the documentary is... <clears throat> Like pretty buzzed, you know. People, people are, are talking, talking about, about it. Yeah. People are engaging, and I kind of just want to have this conversation with you because I think we're coming off of this whole R. Kelly documentary, yeah. and now we're going into this Michael Jackson documentary, mm-hmm. and they're really analogous in many ways because they both deal with sexual assault, alleged, alleged, mm-hmm. alleged sexual assault against minors. Mm-hmm. Um, now the ch- the distinctions are that one is with minor females mm-hmm. or minor girls right. and ones with minor boys mm-hmm. but i think that the suggestion is that michael jackson had inappropriate relations with much much younger boys mm-hmm. um and it was all cloaked in mm-hmm. this neverland ranch. ranch yeah and you know anyone who knows michael jackson had some lawsuits while he was living mm-hmm. with regard to these allegations mm-hmm. but you know these are all alleged claims right i think that you know if these acts were done, which I think that I truly believe in R. Kelly's case, they were. Um, Michael Jackson's a little bit harder for me. I'm just kind of 
recognizing my, mm-hmm. my 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 blind spot because I think Michael Jackson was an actual superstar yeah. on its international level mm-hmm. and so beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, his sister is my favorite Jackson, Reby. Janet. Oh, <laughs> not Reby, <laughs> not Latoya. Okay, Janet. Uh-huh. And it's just like he's not here, right? Mm-hmm. He's not here to defend himself, mm-hmm. and. I, I think there's a distinction between having a documentary that kind of uh, destroys someone's character mm-hmm. when they're living mm-hmm. and they have the opportunity to, to benefit. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, to, to like to um, not, not redeem themselves because uh-huh. I do think that in this takedown culture there should be uh-huh. this redemption culture. Okay. But some people are past redemption. But I feel like there's a difference in terms of like ruining someone's reputation while they're living Mm -hmm. because it is a deterrent Mm -hmm. for others to not engage in that kind of behavior. Okay. But it also is like, that's the price you pay for doing the crimes that you've committed. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's different to me when a person has passed and now they're not here to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're ruining uh, the memory of someone, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But, I also recognize that Michael Jackson has no, you know, reputation interests because he is dead. Right. Like you can't bring a defamation suit when you're dead. Right. You have no interest in your reputation. But again, it's not about that. It's about in the court of people's opinion, Mm -hmm. public opinion, you know, do they believe he did this or not? Or do they believe that his character is, you know, destroyed or not? And so, yeah, like if, my thing is like you shouldn't bring these kind of documentaries to light because you don't they don't have the opportunity to, to defend themselves and people could say oh well he you did this like while in michael he jackson's was, case in michael jackson's okay. case like okay well you know he did this while he was living so the facts whatever they are were there when he was living like it shouldn't matter you know one way or the other if he's dead or not but then at the same time i just always question like people's motives like what is their motive in this right because the man is dead sure you know so it's not like they can sue him it's not like they can do any of these things but just like why bring this documentary now is that helping you and your healing no because you keep bringing it up so your story is attached to whatever trauma you allege happened right i think in a sense you'd almost be reliving it yeah yeah but it's also like yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a tough position to be yeah. in because I do think that R. Kelly is much different than Michael Jackson in terms of how they're beloved right. by the public. Mm-hmm. I don't I know because people love R. Kelly. People's going in like in support of him. But this is my thing. Mm-hmm. Black folks love R. Kelly. Right. Go over to Japan. They like R. Who? R. What? Konnichiwa. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Michael Jackson, international superstar. There's no comparison. Michael At Jackson all. is actual genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson is like. You legend. know, legend. Yeah. He's intergenerational children mm-hmm. who were born after Michael Jackson passed love Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, it's a totally it's, different thing with gotcha. him. Yeah. I agree. You know, he was a singer, dancer. He mm-hmm. he changed so much about music. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't negate the fact that if he did engage in these acts and conducts, that that is not appropriate. But I also it's feel not. like R. Kelly preyed upon the weak and the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where I felt like Michael Jackson was like, living up in this ranch mm-hmm. there were like after those allegations after that lawsuit yeah. that happened people mm-hmm. were still dropping their children off for play dates with Michael Jackson yeah. and I'm like now nah, well that's a little yeah, bit different that's a little... you know mm-hmm. but I don't know to me it was just kind of an interesting thing that like there's these now all these documentaries mm-hmm. that are you know taking people down and if they're not taking people down they're taking uh, festivals down yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you see Oh that? my god, I did not see. I haven't seen I'm the one. I need you to start watching yeah. things. I'd be busy on the weekends. Busy doing what? Living bitch? my white woman life like you said. <laughs> I don't know what that consists of because I feel like you don't do nothing on the weekend and you need to be watching the programming. How are we going to report to the people? I mean, we, I do, but I was also reading books. I, um, what you reading? I'm reading The White Princess by Philippa Gregory. You really are living your white woman. Right? <laughs> the White Princess by Philippa Gregory? Yes. Philippa. Philippa. Goodbye, Maurice. It's about Elizabeth of York who... Was the mother of Henry the Eighth? What? Nothing. I'm just, I'm just perplexed. But okay. But you, but you know, I love my British history. I know. And so this is like a fictionalized history, which is an oxymoron. So it's like it's based on facts, but it's like a nonfiction interpretation of the facts, well, like I'm, Titanic. I'm gonna need you to know the hot shit that's happening in the public, <laughs> in, in 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 the social medias, because ain't nobody trying to hear about Philippa Gregory. <laughs> And nobody well, trying to hear about your educated. Victorian white women running through fields, <laughs> you know, but, riding side saddles. So you read or you saw the other Boleyn girl? Yes, she wrote that book. Okay, but the other Boleyn girl was good. It was. It had Scarlett, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. He had the yeah. crazy girls in it. Uh-huh. Okay, but yeah. nah, you out here reading, you reading Pride and Prejudice and whatnot on the weekend. I <laughs> I'm very cultured. You. Okay. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Don't try. I'm just gonna start calling you Emily Dickinson. <laughs> My God, I'll take that. So back to this. But Fire anyway, Festival. yes, I did not see it. All I saw again were the memes on Instagram and about the guy sucking dick for water. Okay, well let me explain it because you didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know about the Fire Festival, it was this festival that happened, and mm-hmm. I believe, <laughs> well, actually, is this festival it that didn't happen? Right, <laughs> <laughs> was supposed to happen. Yeah, in I believe. April or May of 2016. Mm-hmm. And that was a while ago. all these wealthy, wealthy children mm-hmm. paid upwards between like $10,000 to $250,000 yeah. for a weekend. Yeah. In Bahamas. In the Bahamas. Yeah. On this alleged remote island <laughs> that had no infrastructure, <laughs> but it was supposed to be like a five star luxury experience yes. with food by Steven Starr. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like all these. Like... He spent over a million dollars on alcohol mm-hmm. alone, top shelf alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all these hot supermodels are hanging mm-hmm. on yachts. It was like too good to be true. And it was. Even logistically. Mm-hmm. So all these kids fly down there. They're stranded. They're in <laughs> hurricane tents. There's looting. Yeah. There's uh, and they had, like, robbery. No yeah. There's no food. They're eating bread on cheese. Mm-hmm. It was just bad. So... Prior to people getting there, you know, a lot of things had to go through customs because they essentially had to bring in everything from water mm-hmm. to there was no plumbing. So there's porter potties. It was just a mess. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's this guy who's been, you know, he's an older gentleman, gray hair. His name's Andy. Yeah. He's been, you know, working on party, prom- not party promotions, but festivals, large scale events right. for his entire career. Mm-hmm. 30 like years. Coachella. Right. Like that type of, fe- that level of festival. Right. Lollapalooza mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, he basically says that like there's three trucks of Evian water <laughs> stuck at customs because the children gotta drink Evian you know of all waters like, it wasn't even Fiji or Voss yeah they had no Deer Park no Deer Park well they didn't drink no, no Poland Springs no Nestle water right you know Nestle water just would have been a hand job oh. <laughs> 
You know, he needed to be happy it wasn't no Fiji because he would have to give up the booty. Well, okay, that's another thing because he said, you know, the people were desperate for this water and all he you had to do. Gun. Oh, sorry. You jump in the gun. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. So, so his boss, mm-hmm. the organizer of the festival, comes to him and says, Billy. hey, Billy. Yeah. Billy says to Andy, mm-hmm. Andy, we need you to take one for the team. You're our, <laughs> our, our gay leader. We need you to go down to customs mm-hmm. and suck Cunningham's penis. Now, okay, pause. Because how did Billy know Cunningham was down for that? Because everyone knew Cunningham was gay. Okay, okay, okay. So, now get to your point. Mm-hmm. So, Andy is telling this story about how Billy told him this is what he had to do to get these people this water. And so, he's like, all right, so I'm driving across the island. I go home and I take a shower. And then I gargle with, like, mouthwash. Right. And, I'm go- and I drive to the airport and I'm prepared to suck this dick. To get some water for these people. And to me, I'm like, and what is you sucking? You must be sucking the paint off them, them water trucks because they owe the Bahamian government like $150,000 to release that water. Wow, really? I was like, ain't no blowjob worth that. I mean, but why you gotta take a shower if all you're giving is a blowjob? True, true. That's where the story fell apart for me. Look, he was prepared to go down there and do more. <laughs> I'm sure he did more. Okay. Well, did they get the water? They did get the okay. water. Okay, <laughs> so I think he did a lot. But I feel like, you know, I think he told the joke, like, to get me funny and cute, but not realizing that, like, that little story mm-hmm. has overshadowed the entire, <laughs> the entire documentary. Thing. And that's all people are talking about. That's all they're talking about. People are like, Evian I... should really use this as a marketing they opportunity. They really should, yeah. So like... good, you'll suck me for it. <laughs> But, I mean, I don't think that was a reach for that guy because, I mean, he probably was getting his whole life. I think he's done more for for less. less. I mean, we all have, but. Right. (laughs) But, you know. Yeah. But then. Couldn't have the children be be dehydrated down there now. (laughs) Thirsty. Thirsty. But but now they're like, because the guy, Billy, is in jail. Right. 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 For, like, fraud and, like, all kinds of stuff. And SEC, yeah, and you stuff. forgot. Did you mention Ja Rule? No, because I mean, Ja Rule was a mention? part, he was a part of this too. Yeah, but he yeah. was like, he Ja Rule was a part of it, he, uh-huh. was, just, he was the face, face of, of it. it, yeah. But it was like, sis, like, this is in 2016, he hadn't put out nothing since I'm real in like 2006. <laughs> right. So, that again, that should have tipped these kids off that, that this is not a hot festival. Exactly. Ja Rule, exactly, exactly. Ja, motherfucking rule. I mean, Rude Ja Rule had a moment when I was like, yeah, like, and you know, in 2000, like 2003 to like 2005, Ja Rule was everything, but this is 2016, <laughs> you know. Like, that's when, like, Drake was running stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, he's still doing shows. Who, Ja Rule? Yeah. Or Groupon with Ashanti. <laughs> that's how uh, 50 Cent got all the tickets. tickets. Remember? <laughs> yeah. $15 Groupon tickets. Like, come on. But then white kids was pressed to go pay, you know, $10,000 to see Ja Rule. I wish yeah. you would. That's why I feel bad for them. But did you see that, like, now all the models who were, like, a part of this, mm-hmm. a part of the advertising... Are getting like subpoenaed and sued now too, or they they're not getting sued, but they're getting subpoenaed because so now they're looking at like how much they were actually paid, right? To like because Kendall Jenner um, put out just like an Instagram post and she got like two hundred fifty thousand dollars right. for one post, mm-hmm. and so she was saying that um, it was like a generic like you know one of those hashtag ad posts, but she didn't put the hashtag ad, and so that's why she got like a. Um, 
FTC warning. Right. Well, the hashtag yeah. ad kind of came about a little bit around that time. I think mm-hmm. that's when a lot of the law was changing. social media was changing. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal because I don't think so. there were some things that were happening at that time with, you know, the fire festival had a lot to do with actually requiring now that people put hashtag mm-hmm, ad, mm-hmm. but it's also like social media is fake and it's, it's so, so, fake. You, so fake. Yeah. It's supposed to but, sell you like uh-huh. the dream. Yeah. So don't get mad because like one, your body ain't like Kendall Jenner at all. You're not going to be on the beach playing with the little pigs mm-hmm. and looking like she does. Right. Like people need to kind of not be upset when they're not sold a fantasy. Yeah. Even in a documentary, they're showing all these rich kids who bought these tickets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you really thought that you was going to be hanging with a model with on a yacht? She wouldn't Bella touch Hadid you and with Kendall a 10-foot Jenner. Pole. Okay, right. God. Yeah. And so, and then the thing is, like, you can't go after the models for any of this. Like, they got paid to post this post. She probably right. wasn't even going. No. You know? And so, if you say, hey, I'm going to pay you $250,000, put up this picture. Right. I'm going to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And then you can't, like, sue her. Right. But, you know, I'm all about those kind of takedown documentaries. I'm not. Oh, I loved it because it gave you so much insight into how much of a mess it was. Mm -hmm. But to me, the bigger discussion that should have been had from Mm -hmm. the fire Festival was the amount of white privilege. Well, that too. Because here was this young Mm -hmm. white man, generally inexperienced, Mm -hmm. had somewhat prior, like, semi-successful but also kind of floppish business deals or yeah, companies. The Billy guy. Yeah. yeah. And all these people were willing to give him millions upon millions, millions of dollars with no dollars questions asked. At all. And, and, and things didn't make sense. At and it all. was just like, I, this would never happen for a black guy. No. No one would just willingly, willingly, freely yeah. give this amount of money to mm-hmm. a black guy if you told him them something that was like guaranteed or yeah. twice as good. Yeah. So that to me is what I kind of took away from it. Yeah. But it was a great documentary. I might have to watch it then. You should. I'm going to need you to. Mm. You, have to you have to be abreast of the culture, Maurice. I keep my ear to the streets. You keep your ear to the street? What street? Yeah. Is it a paved street? Because <laughs> yes. I feel like you still on these, uh, these English, <laughs> you on these, you on these uh, English cobblestone roads. Hey, that too. Don't hate I'm going to need you to come to the current time. <laughs> My God. I thought you were going to say come to the hood. Well, speaking yeah. of the hood. Yeah. Down uh, in Paris. But Paris has a lot of hoods. It does. I love Paris, though. I do. I like the architecture. The architecture is the mm-hmm. most beautiful city. Yeah. But it's very dirty. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's very ghetto in parts, but I love it. Okay, I stay out of those parts. Oh no, that's my rule. Every time I uh-uh. travel somewhere new, I got to go see mm-hmm. the ghetto. I just want to see me. how the other people live. Nah, I know how they live, and I'm not trying to. Get- see I like to see ghettos across the world. Mm-mm. I just like to see where the real people live. I mean, it's real people that live in the nice parts. No, mm-hmm. I'm trying to see how to, how to, how the people that's 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 struggling live. How the people that's mm-hmm. out here trying to make it. Okay. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> back to Paris. This this other chick uh-huh. now sued Chris Brown. No, no, no. no he's suing he's her. He's suing her for but defamation. she claimed mm-hmm. that he raped her. So she's out here trying to make it. <laughs> she is. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'm conflicted uh, about this. In what way? What are your thoughts? You go first. Well, I'm conflicted in... I'm trying to say this delicately. Because 
there is a groupie culture out there. There is like that thought culture out there. And I don't want to necessarily slut shame. I mean, but I think the article I read, she was not saying that he like raped her. She said that she was uncomfortable with the surroundings because allegedly there were people like in the room and he like they had sex in essentially the walk-in closet of his hotel suite. Okay. That was my understanding of the story. Okay. Well, I think that, again, we've talked about this topic before. I think mm-hmm. it comes to discomfort mm-hmm. does not equate to rape mm-hmm. or sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Regret mm-hmm. is not sexual assault. Mm-hmm. I think that this, from my understandings, I've read some reports where this woman didn't even meet Chris Brown. Uh-huh. Or that I've also read reports that she did meet him and they uh-huh. did, and they had consensual, consensual sex. Consensual sex, yes. But it, she kind of regretted it later. Afterwards, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, again, I'm not a woman, but I think that we have to really... I don't think you have be to be careful uh-huh. because, and this is why people, some people, if you know that you are not one who can just be tossing your vagina out here all mm-hmm. willy nilly, yeah. like the black Chinas of the world, mm. well, you know, or some other women mm-hmm. who are like that. Yeah. And I, and that's not a judgment on those women. No, no, no. That's, I'm, I love those women. Not, yeah. I think that they're empowered. They're empowered to, with right. their sexuality. Yeah. Exactly. But not all women are that way they're not that chick yeah and you need to know that you're not that, that chick. you're not yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so, so so you can't just go from this one to that one mm-hmm. and and if you're trying to be that chick mm-hmm. and you have a moment of breakdown and realizing that you're not that chick mm-hmm. you cannot then blame the man right you know what i'm saying yeah but at the same time i think for me a lot of the problem and i'm i feel bad admitting this mm-hmm. but a lot of the problem in this particular case is who the accused was exactly because chris brown is not the idea you know he's not like the best yeah candidate or the best character his character is yeah and now i'm even questioning his character even further because now he's selling this merchandise (laughs) and it's just like chris brown's an asshole yeah he's an asshole for that like i mean on the one hand he's got to be absolutely sure that nothing happened like he does not know this chick or that he has her nda sign fingerprinted initial here here and here Mm -hmm. you know and he knows that it was consensual but also i think that she needs to probably also i hate to put this like this but maybe he had relations with her allegedly uh-huh. in a semi-public space i think it was yeah, yeah because yeah. of the fact that he's uh-huh. a celebrity yeah right yeah potentially that yeah. could be it mm-hmm. because if it's just you and i in a room mm-hmm. it's your word versus mine versus mine but if there's people like that are like with an earshot mm-hmm. or eye shot or away, the doors open, yeah then i kind of have witnesses mm-hmm. to vouch for me mm-hmm. as a celebrity and i feel like he needs that he right. needs that because Chris, Chris Brown, his I'm character. I'm not trying to judge his character, but that's all but he has to go on. Yeah, his character ever since Rihanna and that whole situation has been shot. But you know what I give him? Uh-huh. I really feel like him becoming a father kind of changed him in He's some got, ways. I forget he has that kid. Yes, royalties. I see. Royalties. Black. Royalties, royalties, royalties. Mm. She gets them every month. They're called child support checks. <laughs> 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 Child. But I yeah, forgot he had a kid. Yeah, I, I think that that softened him a little bit. I don't think so. You don't think so? Mm-mm. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I just feel like I feel like he's absolutely sure in this case that 
he's gonna win because otherwise i mean the shirts so he has this shirt line but if you um read the articles whoever produces these shirts or his record label or somebody mm-hmm. has been producing these shirts before right they just changed the color to a black shirt right well, and then and, the shirt so <laughs> the shirt says this bitch lion mm-hmm. so he's you know it's an allusion to this case where this woman, he's alleging that this woman is lying. There's also a shirt. So yeah. And it's the Paris edition of the shirt. So it has this bitch lying (laughs) overlay the Mona Lisa painting, which is in the Louvre, which is in France. France. So it, I mean, this French bitch lying basically, basically is what he's saying. And I give him, I give him credit or whoever made this shirt. I give them credit because you know, like, to put it over the Mona Lisa. Right. That's it's clever. It's yeah, clever. so it's, it was I clever. Think, it was levels to that. I think he's an asshole yet and still, because mm-hmm. I can understand for someone to falsely accuse you of rape, it's mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. It's straight up. It's mm-hmm. messed up, right? Because you can really ruin someone's reputation yeah. and their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And that's not cool to falsely accuse someone. At all. That's very, very serious. Yeah. So I understand why he's upset. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that he could have a little bit of humility and complexity to understand, okay, you know what? Me and this girl actually had consensual sex, but maybe she felt this kind of way. Maybe that's why mm. she felt like she needed to do that. But like, do I, is it necessary it's for not. me now to sell merchandise and profit off of this and now kind of in a way mm-hmm. shame her and ruin her reputation? I think that's totally unnecessary. And I think mm-hmm. that's part of the problem with men. Like this is the misogynistic culture. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. and, and not that this goes on to a different mm-hmm. thing, but did you hear about the whole deal Hughley, um, Terry Crews Oh, with Terry thing? Crews, yes. Oh my gosh. But I did not see what DL said about Terry. My understanding is uh-huh. that DL was kind of like blaming Terry. For? Basically, so if you don't know the situation, Terry Crews is an actor and... He's the guy with the... He was in White Chicks. Yes. And he always is like the overly muscular guy who's like always greased up and he makes his pecs like dance. Dance, yeah. yeah. But he was all, he was in white chicks and mm-hmm. he only wanted the white women mm-hmm. who were actually the black women in white face. Mm-hmm. But so Terry Crews was grouped, was groped, yeah. grouped. <laughs> Terry Crews was grouped. He was groped. Groop. <laughs> he was groped at this party. Yeah. This man grabbed his crotch and Terry Crews didn't respond violently and mm-hmm. I, my, the gist I get is that D.L. Hughley was basically saying that, like, he deserved he got and he was being a bitch and that he should have, like, beat the dude up. Oh, okay. Um, wow. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not that familiar with D.L. Hughley, so. I mean, he had that show back in the day, but. Did he? He did. It was called The Hughleys. And it had Elise Neal, who was the black Kimberly girl. Elise? No. Kimberly Elise is. Somebody else. She was in Set It Off, I think. She was. Yeah. Elise Neal's a short hair. Like, really short hair. She was in Scream. She got killed. Like, very early. Is that your stomach? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. Oh, okay. Feed me. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh, Elise. Elise Neal. Yes, I yeah. know who you're talking about. Uh-huh. So, I feel like... Deal Hughley, I see him sometimes coming on like the Rodney King, not the Rodney King, Ooh. the Larry King. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. You know what? 
I have that name in mm-hmm. my head for a different reason. I see, yeah. I, uh, he goes on Larry King. Uh-huh. He goes on these other punditry-type shows. And I don't know. I don't really vibe that well with... Um, what is his name? I just forgot. Terry Crews? D.L. Hughley. Okay. Because he got that big old mark on his face where he looked like he burned <sighs> himself with a curl iron. Oh, it's distracting. It is. But he's very hotep. Well, okay. My he's thing very with him, like yeah. too much for me. Yeah. He's very misogynistic. Yeah, he he's is. very transphobic. He is. He's very anti LGBT. Well, I mean, he's a black man who thrived in a certain era. I ain't got to like and it. Is he thriving now? No, that's why he's always on Instagram retweeting Sean King stuff and he, Amanda Seals. You need to worry about that skin and make oh. sure that's thriving. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. That black is to, cracked. It is. You need to go to a dermatologist, girl. Well, moving off of that, can we can we talk about someone who is beloved over here at Category Is? We like her. We love she her. She got an honorable mention. We adore her. Yeah. She's that bitch. She is. I like her. None other than Belle Calis Almanzar. So, it was announced that Cardi B is getting a residency in Las Vegas at the... Is it the Palms Hotel? Yes. At the Palms Hotel. I take a which, to this. The only so, <laughs> the Palms Hotel was remember when they had Real World Las Vegas? Yes, with Trishel and Stephen. Yes, and they got and to Erlon, that fight. Yeah, yes, and Erlon and um Coral. Co- oh yeah, Coral. And then that black boy that looked like a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, what was yeah. his name? I thought that was Stephen. No, Stephen was the hot white boy. Um, that was with Trishel. Anyway, I know. Yeah, the yeah. black boy looked like a Ninja Turtle. He did. Yeah, and he didn't know he was black. Uh huh. Was that the one that like the girl? No, that's that's Seattle. Oh, You're thinking Seattle okay. when the when the gay black guy hit Irene oh, and it threw her teddy bear in the water. Yes, yes, Let me tell you, yes. I am Paul. <laughs> I was that kid that like sn- I started watching the Real World uh-huh. in Boston. Okay, early on because uh-huh. the first one I think was New York. It was New York, like and then they had San Francisco yes, with Tammy with, um, and. Tammy Roman. Tammy Roman. Pedro. Pedro, which, oh, rest Aww. in peace. Yeah. And then after that, they went to Boston. Mm-hmm. And they had Montana. Yeah, I remember her. Montana was that crazy white bitch. Yeah, she was crazy. So I used to watch all of that. Yeah. You so, was a little too young for that. I yeah. was like eight. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't tell, I was like sneaking watching MTV wow. like, oh my God, what they doing in yeah. Boston? I was a very, uh-huh. I wanted to be grown so you, bad. Yes, you did. But like, I was... Still, I mean, but I was at the age of MTV watching when okay. it was at. When it was good, too. Vegas. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yes, I remember Erlon mm-hmm. and Coral mm-hmm. and Bryn. Mm-hmm. I remember that, that was, like, one of the most important casts okay. for me. Okay. Because they was just all sleeping that. with each other yeah, and being nasty. nasty. Mm. Anyway, get back but, to the point. <laughs> so, the Palms Hotel is where Cardi B is doing this residency. And it's... Have you ever, you've never, probably never been there, right? To Vegas? To the Palms. No, I've been there. Have you been to the Ghost Bar? I, you know what? A lot of the time in Vegas, uh-huh. I don't remember where I be. Because you were drunk. Well, okay, one time I was out there with my girlfriend, Deanne, who still uh-huh. lives out there. Hey, Deanne. Hey, girl. And it was like, she lives out there now, mm-hmm. but well, I'm telling all her business. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But it was like one of our first times out there. It was mm-hmm. me and then our two other girlfriends from... High school. Oh, oh, for high school. And we went out there when we had first turned 21. Oh, wow. And I had gotten so, so drunk one wow. night that they put me on, what's the call, when, like, um, they come to get your bag? They put all your baggage on this cart. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I had passed out. 
they put me on the cart. On the cart? And they were oh my God. dragging me through the hotel. Wow. And then I've been out there a couple times with my girlfriend who um she went to college grad school out in California. Uh-huh. We went up there a couple times. I've been to Vegas a decent amount of times. Okay. And I think I, I think I've been there four or five times. And the last time I went, I said, I'm not coming back because it's just, yeah. Vegas is a mess. It's a mess. Every time I go, I am mm-hmm. blackout drunk. Ooh. And that's not a good look. That's not. And I'm a full grown adult. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That's a problem. Well, you know, I was young. You are. I haven't been to Vegas since probably 25. Okay. It's a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to Vegas to see the Mariah Carey residency, which is a proper residency Ooh. at <laughs> Caesar's Palace. Tell the people the difference. So. A proper residency is when someone who has had a musical career for years, decades. A catalog. They have a catalog of songs. The catalog is an entire range of songs, like multiple albums that they can pull. They're set lists. Yeah. Hits. Yeah. They they can give you a two hour show. They can give you a two hour show and it can be nonstop hits. And. It's, you know, usually for like an older kind of star, they want to kind of be based in one location in residence, Mm -hmm. hence the term residency. They live there. They perform seven, eight shows a week, you know, and, you know, they are based at a hotel or one of the um, casinos or whatever. Property. yeah. Yeah. And they just, you know, they pump out these these shows so i went to the mariah carey residency and mariah carey has a 30-year career well it'll be 30 years next year mm-hmm. yeah her, her solo cd started in 1990 and before that she was singing for brenda k star yes i still believe okay yeah so we're really old gays i mean you are i'm not oh don't do that but yeah so mariah carey's um residency in Caesar's Palace was her number one show. So it was mm-hmm. eight um, from Vision of Love all the way to um, Touch My Body. It was like a full like set, and then she does like a break in the middle. So I went because um, my friend Camille has a, her birthday's like shortly after mine. So okay. we went like for our joint like birthday um, celebration, and we were there for like a week. That's too long. Which is way too way long too for long. Vegas. So. We stayed in Caesar's Palace, which has this champagne bar mm-hmm. that's run by Elton John and his husband. David. David, yeah. And it was so cute. And so we had like our pre-show um, drinks and it was just really, you know, bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. We had our splashes. And then we went to the show and we were like drunk. <laughs> and then for our birthday celebration, Camille got us, um, you, you get like a hosted bar at these the um ghost bar on top of the palms, palms. yes, yes. that's and one where the pool goes out over there yeah edge. and then you can see like the entire strip it's just like because it's, it's really far nice. off the strip it's, yeah it's really far and but you get like a really good view and then you're up on on the on the roof deck basically and so it was a hot mess like i was giving lap dances and <laughs> you've been known to do that when you have a couple cocktails yeah yeah i mean no shade so wasted and then security had to like tap me on the shoulder and be like, "You're done. We don't do lap, lap dances here." Well, you know, I I read something last year, or at least it was like in my social media. Uh-huh. Like it was a pool party in Vegas, and, mm-hmm. a, and a 
gay guy had on like a speedo and mm-hmm. kicked him out. I feel like Vegas, Vegas is not is the gayest not, friendly place. Right. And that's what we learned when we went there. You have to because, go to Palm Springs. Right. And so we were thinking, it's Vegas. Anything goes as long as it stays in Vegas. No. But you get there and like literally we went to the Chippendales show. We went to Thunder from Down Under. And then we went to this show called Sapphire, mm-hmm. which is like the nastier one that's like off the strip oh and the so black version was with the the, 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 the a fox <laughs> no it wasn't that oh. one but it was like they showed a lot more skin sure. than they did at like um chippendales and right. so we get every time we went to like a male review uh-huh. you know, we was trying to see what we could see every time we went there they would like tap me on the shoulder or pull me aside and be like sir um this is a you know this is a male review this is for the ladies um you want to sit at the bar into your into your wife into your girlfriend you know like it's done and i was like uh no i'm here for the male review <laughs> right like i don't paid for all of this i need to see my sights and so then they were just like oh and so they would think we were like swingers but they still thought that like she and i were like a couple yeah vegas is an overwhelmingly straight yeah for me i was we and were it's gonna, almost uncomfortable yeah like, everywhere we went, it was like, you know, what would you and your wife like to drink? What would you and your girlfriend like to drink? What would you and your fiancé like to drink? Vegas is, I don't know. Yeah. As a, maybe it's different if you live there, but as a tourist, I just like Vegas is just super, super hetero. It's very hetero, yeah. And it needs help. And it just seems like a fake place because we were at this bar, the champagne bar we were, I was telling you about, and the waitress who was like, um, you know, chatting with us because we were like the only people in there at that time. We got there like as soon as happy hour started. And so she was just telling us how she was like a kindergarten teacher and she does like sign language and like all this stuff and making us making it seem like she was just, you know, I just moved out here, you know, because I wanted to, you know, do whatever real estate or something. And then we go to like another um, casino and she was like the go-go dancer in the cage with like. (laughs) This is what I can say. Um, I'm not comparing Atlantic City to Vegas. Uh Uh-huh. But they're somewhat comparable, they right? Are, yeah. Like, I grew up up right outside Atlantic City, and I think that like a lot of people in the South Jersey region mm-hmm. work in the casinos because they provide really good jobs. Right. You don't need a whole bunch of degrees and right. debt mm-hmm. to get these jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, people make really good money. They do really, really yeah. good money. And in, in Vegas, there's a lot of money to be had yeah. and to be made. Yeah. So while you young, your body snatched, go get it, girl. I ain't mad um, at you. I don't but how are we all the way kids? down this road? <laughs> I mean, we were talking about Cardi. We were talking about Cardi B. What was it? Residence. Well, she was over there yes. performing as well. Yeah, because she performed at the Adult Video um, Awards. Awards. Yeah. AVN. Yeah. AVN Awards. Yeah. So, she yeah. looked good, though. She looked a little... At first, when I was on Instagram, she uh-huh. was like wearing like negligees yeah. and was like humping a couch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what And like simulating hell? masturbation. Right? I was like, this is not appropriate, you know? But look where she was at. But okay, then I got it. Yeah. But she's like the first like really, really big star to perform me mm-hmm. here. Cardi's about getting these checks. I respect money. Money moves. I'm not mad at it. You know. I mean, a stage is a stage, a check is a check. Yeah. So get but that money, girl. Job. But yeah, but her residency in quotation marks is like they wouldn't say how many shows she's doing, but it's not that many. And then it's analogous to Drake just announced his res. He's doing a residency in Vegas, but it's like six or eight shows over the course of two years. That is not a residency. It's not a residency. It's not a residency. Yeah. All right, child. Well, that 
concludes our categories for the week. Yes. Let's get into this listener letter. Yes, yes, yes. So it's time for our listener letter. Hi, Justin and Maurice. First off, let me tell you, I love the show. Here's my issue. I was recently in a work meeting, and during this meeting, I was chastised for going above and beyond my job expectations. As a vibrant African-American woman in a predominantly white work environment, I was fully aware that I have to go above and beyond to maintain my my employment. However, my performance has upset my white, mostly female colleagues because they want their mediocrity to shine. During this meeting, I disagree with one woman and she told me that if I had a problem with her, we could have another meeting, but I couldn't attack mm-hmm. in bold. I couldn't attack her for her choice of words. Her body language, voice, and demeanor showed that she had a problem with me, whereas I was just speaking my truth in the same manner I always do. I corrected her and let her know that those words would not be used to describe what I was saying. She has sent me a lame email apology, which I refuse to read. I would rather walk in traffic blindfolded than waste a minute of my time on her apology. Like Bird Box, I guess. Okay. Yeah? No. They weren't blindfolded? Yeah. They were. Okay. 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 I'm a firm believer that if you disrespect me publicly, you should apologize in the same manner. So, category is, how would you handle white fragility in the workplace? All the best, Lisa McDowell Joffer Esquire. Oh, shit, you know who this is? No. This is the princess of Zamunda. Oh, is it? (laughs) Yes. Oh, McDowell. No, Zamunda had a law school. Zamunda has a law school. Yeah. Let me find Or maybe she out. went to Wakanda Law. Maybe she went to Wakanda Law. Yeah. Or maybe, was she a was she a transfer? <laughs> she probably was a transfer. She went to like NYU. Yeah. McDowell could be like girl. Unless. You're the heiress of McDowell's okay. and the princess of Zamunda. Why wow. are you working? Thank you. First of all. Well, I'm wondering if I'm guessing she actually is an attorney. Yeah. This is an interesting question, right? Because it deals with one's workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and it deals with your career, your career opportunities, mm-hmm. growth and progression. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's something that needs to be kind of gently navigated. Mm-hmm. And what was her question specifically? Just so I can answer So it. how would you handle white fragility in your workplace? I'm not going to answer how I would handle it in my workplace. <laughs> No, 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 no. Because I don't think that that is the correct answer. Okay. I think that she need what she's looking for is how would she handle it in her workplace? Right, right, right. My workplace may look very different from hers. But. But what I'm saying is uh-huh. this. I think that. I agree with a lot of the things that the writer told us. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Lisa. 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 I think that being black children, it's ingrained in us from being very little mm-hmm. that you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. Right. You know, I'll never forget yeah. when I was watching Scandal. Scandal, yeah. And she said that. I felt like it was a collective, yeah. woo, yeah. her across the black community mm-hmm. because it's something that we're, we're told from kids. Mm-hmm. But I, part of me, now that I'm out here living this real adult life, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll tell my children that. Really? <laughs> no. Why not? Because... Do you think it sets them up mentally to yeah. think that they have to be like on guard with every situation? A little bit. Okay. I think it can be a hindrance. Yeah, and let okay. me say let me say this. There's a difference. 
I would always tell my children, you need to work hard. Mm-hmm. You need to do your best. You need to give your best effort. Every day you need to put forth your best, you know, work product. Mm-hmm. You need to try your hardest. Mm-hmm. You are competing with all these other people. I do want to communicate to my children that, you know, the world isn't fair. And mm-hmm. People are judging you differently based upon right. who you are. Right. But at the same time, I think that as a community, we're mm-hmm. kind of um, setting our, our kids up, specifically our black kids, up for uh-huh. failure when we're saying you have to work twice as hard to get to the same point or to get half as much, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Because what I'm, what I'm finding is, is that mm-hmm. you, will, you bust your ass, mm-hmm. you burn out. You go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. At least in the case of Lisa's case, she was being recognized. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's a constant breakdown mm-hmm. or it's a constant, you know, negative thing that you have to navigate or deal with mm-hmm. when you do have that pushback in the workplace because nothing's ever good enough, you know, and you can, you can, you can have better outputs than mm-hmm. anyone else. But you're still not going to get that raise. I mean, I know some black women who mm-hmm. make, who do the payroll yeah, for their employees mm-hmm. and are their supervisors, have more degrees and way more experience, mm-hmm. but are making less. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think like, very how do you justify that? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think that we're lying to ourselves if we're saying here, bust your behind, mm-hmm. increase, you know, profits and margins and do really good work, mm-hmm. but don't you're not getting compensated or appreciated for it. Right. So I think that sometimes we have to kind of know how to invest within ourselves. I'm not saying don't work hard because mm-hmm. you need to work hard. Absolutely. Right. But I think that saying if you work twice as hard that you're going to get rewarded is setting you up for failure because you're not sometimes. Okay. But in terms of this Lisa's case, I think that what she needs to do is find a mentor in her office. Okay. If that's possible. Okay. And she needs to find a sponsor in her office if I'm that's trying possible. To get a sponsor too. I mean, too. I ain't trying to work. Well, 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 not that kind. I think of it's sponsor. a different kind of sponsor, but well, a mentor. A mentor doesn't necessarily have to be in the office, okay, right? Right. A mentor can be someone within your field, mm-hmm. and I think a mentor is someone who can help to guide you with your career your goals, uh, what you want to do for the long and short term trajectory of your career. Uh-huh. I think that a sponsor is someone that is absolutely within the organization in which you work. And the sponsor is someone who's going to go to vouch for you, someone who's going to have your back, someone who's right. going to defend you. Mm-hmm. But I think that sometimes for people of color in predominantly white workspaces mm-hmm. is, is that at the end of the day, people feel the most commonality with people who have the same experiences as them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's also generational issues that are related to that. I think that younger people are not as tied to you know, racial things. Younger people can form more meaningful connections with people of different races or genders or sexual orientations. Uh But it's oftentimes that the people that retain the power Mm -hmm. in these organizations Mm -hmm. are older Mm -hmm. because they put in the time, right? Like they've, they have the experience. Okay. So I think that if at all possible, she needs to try to find a high power and highly influential sponsor within her organization who will cloak her. And who will go to bat for her. Okay. And people will know not to mess with her. But then also that comes with other implications. Uh-huh. It's always something to navigate. Okay. I don't think that's what Lisa is asking for. Because Lisa, I feel like Lisa is asking for, how do I handle that bitch in the meeting when she's coming for me? And I think that is the crux of her question. Because, you know, in the, in the letter she mentioned that she disagreed with the woman. 
And the white woman said, you cannot attack me. Right. In this meeting. And right. so, you know, when white women use the word attack, mm -hmm. they're using it intentionally. Right. They're using it to create a perception a, that you're the angry black woman. You're the aggressor. And you're aggressively coming at me. Yeah. And all I did was right. ask you a question. Sure. And I'm speaking in my calm white woman voice. Well, I think it's... And, but that no, goes but implicit they, bias. And it's, it, and it's nah. we're all affected by it. But some people know when they're playing it up. And but, I'm sure she's playing it up. But I've, I've had conversations with people mm -hmm. where it's... We, we're having a disagreement. Right. Where we're speaking just how you and I are right. speaking right now. Mm -hmm. And I've had people say to me, stop yelling at me. And I'm like, I never once yelled. Right. I never raised my volume. I never, you know, raised my tone. Right. I'm speaking to you, but just because I think when it, all women, when women are defending themselves, people don't want to hear it. Other women included. But then if you're a woman of color who's defending mm -hmm. herself, it's going to look a certain way. So again, how should she defend herself in meetings is going to be yeah. tricky. Right? Because unless it's just you and your colleague in this meeting, mm -hmm. you have to worry about the perceptions of other people. And her simply just trying to defend herself could be skewed and viewed as her being the aggressor when in fact it isn't because perceptions are not equal. Okay. So, I mean, I really don't have a good, a good answer. I think that this is when it comes to forming work a survivor. Trust no one. Basically. But have your alliances. And that's uh, when you sort of, mm. but again, not alliances, but that's when she needs someone who's highly powered to kind of intervene. But that person might not be in that meeting, and you don't want to rely on All the this time. mentor or this sponsor or this hero to come in and save me every single time. That is not going to do it. And well, what, then you know what you need to do, Lisa? Mm -hmm. Read her email. I don't know. No, read her email. No, no, you need to read no. her email because you need to know uh -uh. what it said. No. And then you need to go talk to her one on one. No. Mm -mm. And you need no. to check her and let her know mm -mm. what it is. No, because that email is a bunch of bullshit. I'm going to just go ahead and already tell you. But she's not reading because... the email for the apology. She's reading the email to arm herself with the information that she needs to know how to. But you already know what it's going to say. Hi, Lisa. It's. Susan, I just wanted to let you know that things, you know, might have gotten a little out of hand in the meeting, but I just want to let you know that, you know, I'm still going to bring the brownies on Friday. And no, it's going to be some bullshit. And so... But then she can go check her. But she... No, but the thing is, in this email, in writing, Becky, Susan, Heather is going to put... She's going to minimize and mitigate any fault that she had okay. in that meeting because Becky Susan Heather knows she was wrong as hell right and she knows she weaponized that word attack right they know what they're mean what they're saying with that she knows in that moment when she used the word attack that she can go to any person in the hierarchy and mm -hmm. say Lisa attacked me in this meeting. Everybody knows Lisa Black. So they're going to say, oh, my God, Heather, Susan, Becky, I can't believe she did that to you. Are you OK? Right. What can we do to make this right for you? Mm -hmm. And they will fall at their knees to make Heather, Susan, Becky feel OK. So, But Lisa is over here, the one who was actually attacked, the one who was actually feeling that she's not respected at work, right. that she's going above and beyond. And because she is going above and beyond, 
and getting this recognition that these other people covet, envy, whatever, that now they have a problem with her. Right. And so you can't say, no, don't go above and beyond. Don't do twice as much. Don't do that. Lisa just doing her. This is probably what she's learned to do. I'm not, I'm not, I never said don't go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. I said the problem is telling our children that when you go above and beyond, you will be rewarded for it because you oftentimes will not. No, because I think that's what parents do today. And that is like that whole participation trophy culture. But I feel like if Lisa is a graduate of the University of Wakanda Law School, (laughs) you know, she's gone above and beyond. She's worked hard for where she's at. And I think that telling her, oh, no, it's okay. Just, you know, get you a sponsor. No, that negates everything that she did to get to where she is. And so, yeah, her voice should be respected. Her voice, her opinion matters. And you can't sit in a meeting. You can't sit across from me in a meeting and tell me that what I've done to get this recognition doesn't matter. Okay. You can't attack me. And I get what you're saying. And I think that she's an attorney and I'm not speaking from my experience at all. Mm -hmm. But it was funny because I was reading an article today in the New York Times about how this this law firm in New York, a Mm -hmm. big law firm uh, called Paul Weiss, Mm -hmm. uh, just had its this new partner class. It's all twelve white people, Mm -hmm. eleven men and one woman. Mm -hmm. And the article was basically saying that the problem within big law Mm -hmm. is lack of diversity Mm -hmm. and inclusion. And I think that, you know, I'm not, she didn't tell us what kind of law firm she worked at, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, some, some areas of the law, and it is indicative in big law, mm-hmm. that it's not very inclusive. And it doesn't okay. oftentimes have the support structures and systems for people who are uh, intersectional right. within their diversity. Mm-hmm. So I think that she needs to, in order, when I say she needs to get a sponsor, mm-hmm. that is for her sole survival. Because the, because she doesn't have, there's not many people like her in the room where it happens. And that's what I'm saying. So what kind of sponsor does she need? Someone who looks like her? No. Or she, someone who doesn't? She, someone who doesn't. So she needs a white savior, you're saying? I'm not saying a savior. And that's what I'm, that's... I'm mm-hmm. not saying a savior. No. She, she needs a... Look, straight up. Mm-hmm. If you don't run that area or that arena, mm-hmm. you need to befriend someone who does. It's not called a savior. It's because it's not an equal playing field, mm-hmm. you know. And a, a savior. But you said a sponsor. She problems. needs someone who's higher up, who has the clout, the authority, the whatever to have my back and come in and save the day if I need you. Sure, that's sure. a savior. But everyone has them. And that's, and I think that, again, you're looking at it from a racial thing, and I'm not here. I'm saying, but, if, she, if she wants to survive, then she needs to find someone who mm-hmm. has her back. That, and that has nothing to do with, with race oh. in, this, in this context and situation. Mm-hmm. But she needs someone who's high-powered mm-hmm. to have her back. Okay. My, she wants to thrive within the organization. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And that's it's not that's not a racial or 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 a gender thing. Okay. My thing is, you know how I'm gonna do. We're sitting in this meeting, and she comes for me. I play the blink blink. You want to get loud and yell at me across the table and you know shout these attacks at me? I'm gonna sit there, be calm, and I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna blink blink. And that throws people off because they don't know how to react. They don't know what you're thinking. 
and they don't know what's going on. And so mm-hmm. you take the power and control away from them with your silence. There's so much power in silence. And so I would say, don't pay them bitches no mind. Okay. You know? While she's busy not paying them mind, they're going to be working against her and she doesn't have any infrastructure or system. I don't know. Let's move on to the next lesson. <laughs> this one's going to run all too long. Okay. Thank you for writing in Lisa Thanks for from writing Wakanda. In Lisa from Zamunda. Zamunda. All right. Get so this week, in addition to the letter, I just want to give a quick little shout out to my great grandfather. Uh, I just want to tell him that we love you. Um, you know, he's um, 96 years old. Oh, he wow. is a World War II veteran. All right. He is my maternal grandmother's father. Okay. Uh, his name is Douglas Krishway, and I just wanted to send a lovely message to him, letting him know that his family in America loves him, and we're thinking of him, and we're always sending you blessings and love. So he's I just wanted in Canada, to say that. right? Yes, he's in uh, Regina, mm-hmm. or Saskatoon. Okay. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So hey, okay. so hey to all my Canadian family, wherever hey, you're listening, Canada. in Vancouver, or Medicine Hat, or Fort St. John, or Saskatoon, mm-hmm. or Regina. Just want to say that your family down in America <laughs> loves you. Oh, that's sweet. And hey, Grandpa, yeah. love you. It's Justin. Nice. Uh, and I also want to say, give a quick little shout out to my friend. Uh, she doesn't know I'm doing this. No? But it's actually her birthday today. Oh, okay. So happy birthday to my girl, Nirva. Mm-hmm. She is a, um amazing mother, woman, friend, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to say happy birthday. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, moving on to the next segment of the show. Yes. What is it? It is time for I, I said, said What I said. said. So, my I said what I said for the week is a little bit difficult. I believe last week that I gave my tens across the board to Kamala Harris. Kamala. Yes. Oh, you know what? I am saying it wrong. Kamala. Yes. You know, I love Candidate Harris. Mm-hmm. I really do like her. I do, too. Um, but I don't like her name. You know what? Because I want to say Kamala because mm-hmm. it's easy and it's lazy. But yeah. Kamala. It's like calm. Yeah. It's just a little hard to say. So I have a cousin who has a similar name. It's different by one letter. Mm-hmm. And we pronounce it... Like, in the same way we pronounce Kamala. Okay. But it's a different... Yeah, but it's, like, one-letter difference. Well, Kamala. Mm-hmm. I'm here for her. Honestly, I know it's still very early mm-hmm. in the presidential bid mm-hmm. frontier. Yeah. But if you're just looking at the, the landscape, and you're looking at the potential candidates, mm-hmm. and I know that she's a risk, and I've said it on this very podcast, mm-hmm. I feel much 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 more comfortable mm-hmm. with a white man because it's safe it's equal playing field i think right right yeah. especially going up against trump against him yeah but i'm sorry <laughs> it is what it is yeah but i think that of the current field mm-hmm. and of the perspective field mm-hmm. i think that she is one of the most qualified yeah i feel like she's one of the most passionate mm-hmm. and i do feel like she will be a really good candidate yeah um, I am worried as to whether or not she will get the white woman vote. And uh-huh. I'm also, I know she's going to lose the white male vote. That's just out of totally. the question. Yeah. But I'm, the next demographic, I'm, I'm concerned with her about men across the board. Mm-hmm. But, but I know that black men are also not going to feature her. They're not. And that's sad to say. You know, it is mm-hmm. sad to say. 
And I, I we discussed those reasons, mm-hmm. the fact that she's not a mother, the fact that she's married to a white man, mm-hmm. which all should not matter. But my said what I said is really directed mm-hmm. to a lot of folks in the black community. Yeah. Because it is so frustrating to me. And it is this crabs in a barrel mentality. Mm-hmm. Since Kamala has announced her candidacy, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I've heard in the black community have been utterly frustrating. So frustrating. Have been based upon misinformation. Yeah. Have not been researched. At all. And are steeped in misogyny. Mm-hmm. Racism, racism. And fear. Pretty much. And ignorance. Ignorance. And primarily. It's this whole crabs in a barrel thing to mm-hmm. me. People are challenging her blackness. Yeah. They're saying, well, she's not black. Well, because, you know, mm-hmm. well, she's just as black as Obama was. She's more of a minority than Obama. Right. Both of her parents are minorities. Right. Her mother's Indian, Indian from like India. Uh-huh. And her father is Jamaican. Jamaican. Yeah. So, you know, she is a first generation American. Mm-hmm. She she is a woman. But a lot like I was in the barbershop and a lot of men, as I predicted, don't like the fact that she's married to a, a white, white man. man. And they said they're like, what's wrong with that sister? She don't know. And. She, like, that is a strike against her. And to me, that is so stupid. stupid. And we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Sure, I think a lot of Democratic people mm-hmm. look at Trump supporters and say, oh, they're so stupid for picking him because mm-hmm. he's not aligned with their financial mm-hmm. or economic interests. Right. Well, we're stupid, too, if we're not going to vote for someone who is you know, in line with your social and economic mm-hmm. interests because she's of who she chose or who she loves. Right. Or who she's in a relationship with. Right. Or who she sleeps in, in the bed with at night that's right. none of your damn business. At all. You know? And it's so frustrating to me. And also a lot of women have mm-hmm. not been supportive of her. They haven't. For and the same reason also. I'm like, when are we going to get this crabs in the barrel mm-hmm. mentality together, get on one foot mm-hmm. and move forward? Right. And don't get me wrong. I'm all about mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm all about, you know, working things out mm-hmm. or, or, or questioning people. Because you need to question you need people. To, right. But she's not being questioned Mm-mm. here. She's being written off. Yeah. And that is within a week of her announcement. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. And yeah. it's, it's disheartening to me. Yeah. And for the and not written off for legitimate for, reasons. Right. People are saying, oh, well, she was a prosecutor. She's responsible. She's single-handedly responsible for, for putting men in jail in California. Um, um, not factual. Right. You know, her job. Yeah, she was as a prosecutor. District that was attorney as her attorney general. Yeah. job. Yeah. But you know what that job also does? Mm-hmm. Keeps you and your family safe. Right. And don't and don't come at me because I understand mm-hmm. the intricacies of poverty, lack of access to job training, mm-hmm. lack of access to education, right. and the prison industrial complex. Right. I'm highly educated. I've read. You read books. I read books. I've read the Legion <laughs> Crow. I, am, I, I know how this intricate system works uh, to... Um, target and mm-hmm. to oppress people of color. However, what you need to recognize is that while Kamala mm-hmm. was in that position, she created lots of diversion programs. Mm-hmm. She lowered sentences. Yeah. She used she had a whole, her role um, yeah. as a person, as a black woman, mm-hmm. to be more fair. Yeah. In her sentencing, mm-hmm. to create diversion programs, mm-hmm. to create other opportunities and outs yeah. for these men. She had a whole program that was um, aimed at reducing recidivism. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like, think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just think about people are so quick to point out the bad or what they don't 
agree with because they are want to be so self-righteous and it's mm-hmm. so frustrating to me because I think we actually have a viable candidate here. Yeah. And I want to throw my weight behind her because I can't do another four years of what we've been doing. Yeah. Um, is she a risk? Absolutely. Because I'm thinking about the overall climate, mm-hmm. but I think that the Democratic Party just needs to get its shit together. Basically. But also the black community needs to get its shit together. More so. More so. Yeah. Because it's just like, I can't vote for her. She married to a white man. That's the dumbest. I've heard, because she cooked chicken. She don't need to know how to fucking turn on an oven range. Right. I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. She's a highly educated mm-hmm. woman who's had many positions of power. Right. But you question what kind, of, how she cook her chicken. Right. Like if that, and I think that black people, we kind of have to really challenge and push ourselves uh-huh. in terms of what we define as blackness. As black. Yeah. Because it's so so limited. Right. And I feel like people think that if you don't, if your black experience isn't like mine, then your mm-hmm. black experience is not is valid. It's not valid. Yeah. And, and, and then you won't understand uh-huh. me. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, and I do think that. Because the things that I read or I saw, because it was like a lot of people commenting on like YouTube videos, right? And they were just saying things like, "She black, she not all the way black. She's not black enough. She's not, you know." I guess, like you said, they have this mm-hmm. kind of theory of what quantifies or qualifies as black. I've heard people talk and, about her hair. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, she thinks she got good hair, and I'm like, oh my god, like it's. <laughs> People, these tropes, yeah. these stories have been it, utilized to hold us, us down, down for centuries yeah. and we're still playing this game. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, she light skinned. She don't know how I live my life. And I mean, it just the comments, it seems like the people are speaking from a very limited worldview. And I do think that they just feel inferior to the type of experience that she has lived. Like she's lived abroad. She grew up. She was born in, I think, Oakland or somewhere in California. Right. Moved to Montreal because her mom is a cancer researcher. Right. You know, her father and her mother went to US, uh, USC, I believe. Or I'm not to sure. Get, where her yeah, they have like from. terminal degrees, and like her sister's a, an attorney. Attorney. And Maya. it's just like, but then you look at these people, and they have never been out the hood, and so it's just like. But right, but it's my thing is, it's sure she's been afforded a lot of opportunities right? that many Americans mm-hmm. have not. Mm-hmm. But just because she's had those opportunities that have placed her in this position mm-hmm. does not mean that she doesn't also have a certain understanding of mm-hmm. what it's like and that she can't relate to right. you more. Right. Because my thing is, who do you want in the room at the end of the at day? At the end of the day. Because please believe it, for her to be in the upper echelons mm-hmm. of government and politics that mm-hmm. she's operating in, mm-hmm. she's one of the few black women. She right. knows discrimination. Right. So she might not know it in the same way that you do. Mm-hmm. But, oh, she knows it. Yeah. And she can have a better bond, a connection with yeah. you. It might not be, you know, tit for tat. Right. The exact same. Right. But the, the, the ethos mm-hmm. and the pathos and the actual right, actual words. feeling mm-hmm. of it, she can connect with better than any other yeah. candidate. I mean, she went to HBCU. You know? She's pledged a Divine Nine sorority. You know, I do think that, for lack of a better comparison, she blacker than Obama? Obama went to where? Harvard, Harvard and Columbia. And Columbia. Well, Columbia then Harvard. Well, in that order. Yeah, in that order. But you have a candidate who she's a minority. She's went to HBCU. She's you know she got a job as a prosecutor, as a district attorney, as attorney general of California. Right. And the 
only criticism or the main criticism you have at the end of the day is she's married to a white man, so I don't know if I can vote for her. Right. Come on, people. Yeah, people that, really gotta that. wrestle with with. The, but you know what? That's nothing but projection, right? So that again, has nothing to do with Kamala. It has more to do with these people making the comments, right? So you know, people, we really need to have mm-hmm. our black people meetings. We need to have our uh, come to the altar moments mm-hmm. and have real discussions. Jesus. Um, but let's. I'm not gonna tell people what to do politically. Mm-hmm. But if you're not for Kamala, that's fine. That's fine. But don't. But but but. Choose not to be for her for a legitimate for a legitimate reason. reason, yeah. Because all this, all this other stuff is asinine. Because right. you also, you would not do this with a male candidate, right? And I said what I said. Mm-hmm. I have a whole. I said what I said, but I'm agreeing with your. I said what I said, and I'm not even going to do mine. You're not going to do yours? No. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. Well, let's do tens, 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 tens across, across the board. board. Do you want to go first since yeah, you didn't give first. your uh, I said what I said? <laughs> yes. All right. So my tens across the board is going to Naomi Osaka. And she recently won the Australian Open. And so she is the first Asian player to be named the number one tennis player in the world okay. after this um, after this, uh, this Grand Slam win. So she is actually half Haitian and half Japanese. Her mom is um, Japanese and her father is Haitian. And so she grew up, she was born in Osaka, Japan, and then her parents moved to New York um, when she was, I think, three or four years old. She was very young. So she's American. So she, well, she has dual citizenship. She, um, with, with Japan or With Haiti? Japan, yeah, okay. with Japan. She has a sister, and so they grew up in Japan mm-hmm. for those, you know, number of years. And so her father said that they made the strategic decision to um, market her as a Japanese player. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, she plays for Jap- for Japan. And so... Yeah. It was funny. I was watching a documentary mm-hmm. about mixed race people living in Japan. Yeah. I forgot what it was called, but uh-huh. there's a certain, and I'm, I'm not going to say the word because I don't know it, but there's a certain word that they use mm-hmm. to describe people of mm-hmm. African that are half black and half Japanese. Right, right. I, um, and there's a lot it's of... It's not Blasian. No, it's not Blasian. <laughs> I, it, I think it starts with the... I, I'm not, I don't want to say it because right, I don't yeah, know. Right, yeah, yeah. But um, I, it was a documentary about it because they followed this model. Mm-hmm. They followed like all these half black, half Japanese people. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when, what, I believe it was it Miss Universe, when the Miss Japan was half black and half? Yes. She was in the documentary. Okay, she okay. She was in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was her, it was a model, uh-huh. and it was someone else. Uh-huh. And they just talked about, like, a lot of the discrimination yeah, that they faced yeah, in Japan. Yeah, Because, again, you know, we talked about in previous episodes, skin lightening creams and mm-hmm. stuff, but also in Asia, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that creams are as big, the skin lightening creams are as big as they are in Africa, right. but they do also take a lot of care to not let their skin get dark. They walk around with parasols. Yeah, if you go and... to Chinatown, anytime it's really sunny, you see women with the parasols, umbrellas, because they don't want to get darker. Right. Yeah. Because in India, mm-hmm. in, you know, South Asia, in East Asia, mm-hmm. just lighter skin is it's more... more desired. Right. So that the but there's just there's a lot of backlash with those kind of women. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because it's I always look at it like, and I hate to say this, but mm-hmm. like for the Olympics, mm-hmm. which you know I'm a huge fan you of. Are, yeah, me too. Sometimes people who summer, summer, yeah. yeah. But I, I watch one or two. Okay, yeah. But sometimes people who cannot qualify mm-hmm. 
because they're not as competitive mm-hmm. for the U.S. Team, U.S. Yeah, and they happen to have dual citizenship, mm-hmm. or they have a parent from another country, mm-hmm. will apply for dual citizenship so that they can compete for a country that's less competitive. That's right. Just to say that they're an Olympian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like they do that a lot in track. Yeah, it happens all. Mm-hmm. It happens all the, all the time. time. Yeah. Um. So it's not like a, a taboo thing, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like really, sis, like. You ain't never lived in that country. She like, lived there until she was three years old. Well, she, well Naomi did, but sometimes uh-huh. other people oh, don't. Other people. I feel like they okay. just use it as an, yeah. As an, as an yeah. End. Oh, yeah, because it's easy. I and mean, I like, like, why try? Because the field is like less. And you might be mediocre in the US, but you might be number one, one in that country. In Trinidad. Right. But I feel like, to me, I feel like there must be a certain pride with like, mm-hmm. like do you really feel connected to that land, that culture, that yeah, people? Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not speaking for any of the athletes because uh-huh. some of them may, but I kind of feel like it's like a, it's a loophole. It is. It is. But I mean, hey. But I'm proud of Naomi. I remember right. she beat Serena. She did. And that was I a big thing. they made thing. a whole mess of yeah, it. Yeah, with the whole. With the call. Arguing with arguing. the umpire. Yeah. But I'm happy for Naomi. Yeah. I'm happy to see like the other girl Sloan. I'm happy to see all these black women. I don't here. like Sloan attitude. She got a nasty attitude. I love Sloan's mm-hmm. name though. I like her, mm, but her attitude is stank. That's like on my short list of girls' names. Is it Sloan? Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, but no, she got stank attitude. I like her. Well, congratulations, Naomi. Naomi, tens for tens, you. Tens, tens, tens. My tens across the board this week mm-hmm. goes to Nadine Burke Harris. Okay. She is California's first ever Surgeon General. Mm-hmm. And she was appointed by Governor Gavin Newsom. She's a pediatrician and founder of Youth Wellness Center in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. She's a registered Democrat. She's an African American woman, okay. sister, doing it for herself. Is she black enough? She black. Okay. Is she in a white coat? And that's what matters <laughs> here. So I want her to take a spin on yeah. the ballroom floor, collect your tens, collect your roses, collect your score. Yes. You are a winner. Yes. Yes. We're here for you. Miss Burke Harris. Yes. Do it, do it, do it. Tens for you, girl. Tens for you. All right, guys. Well, that's our show for this week. Yes. Thank you for listening. We love that you keep up with us every week. Every single week. Remember to write in with your listener letter, question, comment, or shout out. Yeah. Send an email to categoryispod at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on all things social. Mm-hmm. That's Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook, Facebook. at CategoryIsPod. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.